Well, good morning, and peace be with you. I'm going to direct you to the bulletin in the announcement sheet for you to take a look at. We did start, we did start this uh, week with our Lenten season study on Wednesdays, so please come. You can bring a lunch. It's informal. There are uh, the... Uh, uh, devotionals, and I believe there's some out there uh, in the narthex. If they're not, uh, afterwards I can go and get some out of the office, but they're, they're really um, very well done, very well written. Nope, Ashley has them. They're right there. So on the way out, uh, please pick up a Lenten devotional. And uh, if you don't come with it to us on Wednesdays, please, every day, just take a moment and read. They're short, and they're very well done. Also, um, Easter lilies. It's that time of year again, and we have a sign-up sheet for the Easter, Easter lilies. I think they're $7.50. If you feel so moved as to purchase a lily, uh, that would be wonderful. It'll brighten up the place, and you can take it home afterwards. So... That would be wonderful. Food boxes we are doing, uh, again, as always, and they are out in the narthex. We filled up one of them, so if you have uh, an opportunity to bring in some canned goods, non-perishables, uh, please do bring them by. You can leave them in the office, or you can put them in the box on a Sunday. I think that announces all the announcements. That's a good thing. Uh, this has been a rough week for um, many of us in this church. All of us have trials and tribulations. Let's be a, a prayerful church. Jesus said, my Father's house is a house of prayer. And so let us be about in prayer for each other, uh, for those and according to their needs. And there's lots of them that never stops. But uh, I know um, it, it feels a little less lonely when we know that there are people praying for us. Amen? All right. Well, let's get started our opening hymn is immortal, invisible. Mr. Woods?
come together this blustery morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment for silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen.
Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. 
through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. I see so many smiley faces, even I can't see too many because there's still masks on a lot of you, but uh, we're social distance, so that's good. Let's uh, begin with our first reading. Um, this was a really Im important um, covenant that uh, uh, Lord our God got into with um, Abraham. Uh, and, um, and with his wife as well. Let's read Genesis 17, verse 1 through 7, and 15 and 16. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you, and you will greatly increase your numbers. It might have been windy that day too. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations, and I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Sari, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sari. Her name is Sarah. Your wife, you are no longer to call her Sari. Her name is Sarah, I repeat that. But it does say, important thing, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother, the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. We uh, will go to our next reading, which uh, I will ask for your participation on. It's in your uh, bulletin. We start reading uh, Psalm 22, and we'll be reading responsibly verses 23 through 31 which is printed in your bulletin. You'll read the bold 
uh, writing. So as I begin on verse 23, says, You who fear the Lord, praise him, all you descendants of Jacob. Honor him, revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hid face from, from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Join me uh, and follow, if you'd like, in your pew Bible on page 1752. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Yes, glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us you see at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died yes died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? 
Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. shall we go you have the words of eternal life hallelujah the holy gospel according to saint mark from the first chapter i will do that again the gospel of mark from the eighth chapter thank you very much this is indeed the gospel Reading this morning from St. Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 through 38, and it can be found on page 1566 in the Pew Bible. Mark 8, 27 through 38. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked them, who do the people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. And when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called to the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? 
May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Peter, does, does anyone here just, can you help but love Peter? You know, there are times when I read of Peter and I hear these words from my past. I said I wasn't going to name him my big brother. And he would say to me, you know, your other foot will probably fit. Why don't you try it and see? You know, in, in, in one verse, Peter, he's the hero. And then a few verses later, well, <laughs> he's kind of a zero. He does not fully understand. And the fact that he doesn't fully understand and he says these kinds of things brings me comfort and hope about the things that I say and I don't understand and I say in ever. What a joy it is to know Jesus and his forgiveness. Amen? We hear in the gospel that Jesus took his disciples north to an area around Caesarea Philippi. And this was to get away from the crowds for a, a time. And Caesarea Philippi was 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. It is near Mount Hermon and the source of the Jordan River. This retreat allowed Jesus and the disciples to be alone so that Jesus could attend to their instruction. In modern times, maybe a like and kind, it would help to envision this as part of their seminary training. Now, some professors in Christian seminaries will proclaim that all theology is Christology. That is, if you solidly understand the identity of Christ, the rest of theology, the understanding of God, is a piece of cake. Apparently, Jesus thought the same thing because he began teaching his disciples about the Christ and the nature of the, the Christ. Of course, in Jesus' case, this means that he is teaching the disciples about himself. He began by asking them to consider what the people were saying about him. When he asked, who do people say that I am? And the disciples came back with all kinds of wrong answers. John the Baptist was one answer. The others say Elijah and others, one of the prophets. And then Jesus moved on. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? He wanted to hear their, their personal confession. And of course, Peter was the 
first to put it into words what the other disciples perhaps were thinking. He said, you are the Christ. And in this case, Peter got the words exactly right. It is like Peter, in golf terms, in golf terms, he sank a 50-foot putt for eagle. You can almost hear, it's in the hole. Or in basketball terms, nothing but net. Peter did, he did good. And as any golfer or spectator knows, that the celebration on the green is not meant to last, for there is another hole to play. There's another time to tee the ball up and drive the ball until the game is finished. And as we read further, we unfortunately hear that Peter would be the hero for only a few short verses We heard that even though he got the words right, he didn't really understand their true meaning. In in effect, in golf terms again, Peter shanks his drive from the tee into the lake, a hero to a zero. And at this point in his ministry, Jesus knew that the disciples did not properly understand the meaning of Peter's good and correct confession. That is the reason that he told the disciples to keep quiet about it for the time being. That is also the reason that Jesus began telling them about the true meaning of Peter's confession. And today's gospel says he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. His disciples, his disciples found this message to be deeply offensive. And Peter especially. Peter took offense at Jesus' words. In fact, we read that Peter took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him. Now there's a word we don't often use anymore. I rebuke you. You, What? Maybe we should. But it means, in fact, that Peter really laid into Jesus. Peter actually tried to give Jesus a bawling out, a dressing down, a lecture. He is literally criticizing God. Imagine. And of course, Jesus loved Peter too much to let him get away with it. Jesus stopped. He did a about face, and he laid into Peter. Jesus used some pretty strong language, too, when he said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Jesus could be gentle, 
but not this time. And he blasted Peter. Now, just last week, we talked uh, about the devil and him continuing to tempt Jesus. And one of the greatest temptations went something like this, and I take liberty in this paraphrasing. But he said, listen, Jesus, um, you know, this, this, this cross thing, uh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. And you have the power. And you can uh, increase your, your following um, by just doing a few miracles. Uh, there really is no reason for you to follow through with your plan to suffer. Everyone is expecting you to set up an earthly kingdom. So why not give it to them? Give them what they expect. When Peter took Jesus aside and he scolded Jesus, he was, he was acting as an agent of the devil. He was tempting Jesus to give up his road to the cross. Can, can, can you see that now? Can you see how serious this was? The cross is the main reason that the Son of God took on human flesh in the first place. In the Old Testament, it declares that the Christ must suffer and die and rise from the dead. This was the plan from eternity. It was the plan. This is exactly what Jesus was teaching his disciples when Peter interrupted him. Now hear this. The devil didn't change up his game much. He's still doing the same kind of work today. He's trying to hide the cross today. Our modern society today often finds the cross to be offensive. Sometimes they outright speak it, and other times it's a little more veiled, albeit thinly veiled. The world today finds the cross, it says that it's gruesome and it is foolishness. It is R-rated for violence. And the world outside of the church chalks it up to a fantasy, just a story about Skyman and his son. And truly, it is hard to fathom and to understand the shame and the cruelty of a death on the cross. And many will try to bury the cross message. Jesus loves these people too much to let them get away with it. And today's gospel speaks to those who wish to hide the cross, and it says, get behind me, Satan. It says, you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And some people say, all right, all righty. We heard about the cross. Now let's move on to other teachings of the Bible. And to these people, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. 
The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And yet, still, some will ask, does every devotion need to talk about the cross? Or does Pastor Ken need to mention we preach Christ and him crucified every Sunday? Yeah, yeah, I do. Because to these people, Jesus would say, get behind me, Satan. In Matthew 19, verse 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And even so, some ask, Do we have to remind the little children of that ugly old cross every Sunday? And to these people, Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. The devil, the world, even our own sinful, especially our own sinful nature, would do anything and everything to get the cross out of our lives. For it is on the cross that our Savior died and defeated the devil, the world. He defeated our own sinful nature. It is on the cross that our Savior died to take away our sins. And the Holy Spirit inspired Paul, again, to write. In 1 Corinthians 1, 23-25, he says this, Christ crucified is a stumbling block to the Jews, a folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Gentiles, well, actually it says, and Greeks, but it's the same. It's Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Jesus does not mince words. He is blunt with Peter, and he is blunt with us. Hear me. These words are not given to drive us away. They are given to move us back to where we belong. Jesus did not tell Peter and the other disciples, so you're offended by the cross? I unfriend you. Hmm. You know what? And you guys are, you're not my disciples anymore. It's not how he works. It's not how he ever worked. We read that he continued to teach them. He continued to prepare them. And when the time was right, when the disciples had lived through the experience of knowing and seeing that their master was dead on a cross, Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to them. Luke 24, 45 through 46, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures 
And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You, he says to them, you are witnesses of these things. And then he restores them to himself. And he does the same thing with us in spite of our rebellion, in spite of our flesh, in spite of our big mouths. He calls us to follow him. He opens our eyes to the power of God in his crucifixion. He shows us the forgiveness of our sins in his crucifixion. In his crucifixion, he shows us salvation and life everlasting. And for we know, we will receive all these things through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith in him. Through that same faith, we will follow him through death into the resurrection of everlasting life. Luther would tell us to remember our baptism. Paul would tell us to remember our baptism. We died a death like his. We will surely receive a resurrection like his. We're almost done. Which promises does Jesus keep? One more time. All of them. And Jesus has promised that life in this world will be hard for those who follow him. Their confession of the faith may bring them shame in this world. It may even bring them to death. Yet he has promised this also. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will save it. And those who have the Holy Spirit's gift of faith in Jesus Christ, they may lose everything in this world. But in the end, God will give them eternal life. And that is why we can say, in all circumstances, you hear me say this all the time, through all challenges and all troubles, it's going to be okay. Because Jesus promised in the name of Jesus. Amen.
has found He is my light, my strength, my song This cornerstone, this solid ground Firm through the fiercest drought and storm What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are stilled, when striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I stand In Christ alone Who took on flesh Fullness of God in helpless babe This gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live Light of the world by darkness slain Then bursting forth in glorious day Up from the grave he rose again And as he stands in victory Since curse has lost its grip on me
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Good morning, Holy Father. We stand before you to humbly praise your holy name, to give thanks for our Savior, your Son, Jesus, and to plead that your Holy Spirit would fill our hearts and minds with your love and kindness towards each other, displacing the hatred, fear-mongering, lies, and deceit that Satan has caused to surround us. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes, hearts, and minds to see all of the many blessings you have poured out on us individually and as a nation. Thank you for the mild weather we enjoy in Southern California, beautiful sunrises and sunsets, snow on surrounding mountains, and for keeping the earth quiet around us. We pray that you would protect our fellow citizens facing extreme weather in other parts of our country and that you would guide us to lend assistance to those in distress as we are able. We pray for the safety and well-being for the uncontrolled masses of people from other countries who have been encouraged to flee to our southern border. Holy Spirit, none of us, including our national leaders, know what to do that would be helpful to the innocent without harming others. Please show us a way to resolve this growing crisis. We pray, Lord, for blessings of wisdom, honor, and humility for our elected leaders, legislators, and judges whom we have chosen to serve our nation. Please, Holy Spirit, continue to expose those who harbor hate in their thoughts and actions 
act hypocritically in the shadows of their public service, and believe themselves to be more special than those they are charged with serving. We also pray for a light to shine, exposing any groups, public or private, who thrive on hatred, distortion of the truth, and chaos, all tools the devil and his de demons use to divide us against one another. Holy Father, we pray for our children. Help us to teach the truth of human history, both good and bad behavior towards one another, that they would learn to not repeat the evil and destruction of the past, but to also embrace all the good that has been done in the name of peace. Thank you for sending your son Jesus, who is the truth, and your Holy Spirit to guide us towards Jesus' saving grace. Lord, thank you for our small congregation of faithful believers and our pastor Ken who reminds us of your unconditional love for us. It is so hard, impossible really, for us to comprehend your love and perpetual forgiveness of our sins through the sacrifice of your only son when we can't begin to forgive those who trespass against us for more than a moment. Thank you for your command that we do forgive others and for accepting our humble failures when we admit that we cannot. Holy Spirit, we ask that you continue to support and uplift us as we try to follow Jesus' teaching, especially when the path becomes too difficult for us. Lord, there are those who suffer in our congregation, church members, loved ones, family, and friends. You know their names and their maladies. Please heal them in accordance with your will and guide us to provide whatever aid and support is needed or helpful to eliminate fear, hurt, or distress in their lives. Holy Father, we pray for the health, spiritual well-being, and faith of those whom you have called to be pastors, teachers, and leaders in your church, the holy body of Christ. You know that these servants of Jesus are under constant attack by Satan and his demons who attack their physical well-being, that of their loved ones, or who sow doubt about their faith and work in the church. Holy Spirit, we ask that you strengthen their armor against these attacks and instill confidence that you stand with them and will protect them. Lord, please protect our military, firefighters, paramedics, and other law enforcement officers who serve all of us while facing danger every day to keep us safe. We pray for protection for members of our congregation and their families against the COVID virus in all of its forms, and that you would say your word and permanently destroy this virus on earth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for providing our faith in Jesus, our Savior, and for strengthening us when we occasionally falter into doubt when facing various trials and tribulations. Thank you for friends who help us stand when the burdens are too heavy. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. <clears throat> Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace responsibly and at a distance. Waving's good. <laughs> All right, that's enough, Sharon. <laughs> Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night, in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread, and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
the glorious exchange. Our sin for his righteousness. Our gain for his loss. This is a foretaste of the feast to come. It imparts grace. It does secure salvation, everlasting life. It delivers you from death, sin, and the devil. And it's for you. At this church, we serve communion to all who confess that Christ is their Savior, all who have been baptized, and all who have been catechized. You may be seated. The table is set, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Hymn of the day was for you, Irish Gene, and Mr. Fix-It, and also for Pastor John, who uh, his last name is Graham, and uh, we are probably cousins, because I'm from the Graham clan as well. So uh, it's, uh, it's good to be in charge a little bit as much as Abba Father lets me be. I hope it was a blessing for you today. I pray that uh, always before that the gospel is done unto you by the Holy Spirit and that I get out of his way. I pray that you feel a sense of community and at home here and that you know the height and the depth and the breadth of God's love for you. No matter what, it is going to be okay. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Take Up Our Cross. Blood
Take up.